welcome everybody back to Law in the Limelight. We want to quickly uh, just update you as we go along with the Jay-Z Damon Dash NFT dispute that's currently in the news and in the court system um, in regards to the reasonable doubt NFT being uh, sold or attempting to be sold or allegedly attempting <laughs> to be sold uh, by Damon Dash uh, to a NFT platform without the permission or the consent or maybe even the pay to Rockefeller Records in which Damon Dash owns one third share um, in the equity of Rockefeller Records. Anyways, we're staying on this case for you because we think it's definitely important to show how NFTs are really going to intersect with copyrights and sort of maybe look at how a judge may look at them moving forward and how they'll be categorized. And right now, we don't necessarily have a copyright infringement claim yet because at the end of the day Damon, Damon Dash did not actually sell the NFT. You might have, you probably would have had he, but he didn't. He was enjoined from doing so. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about the procedural history of the case. As you know, we're three entertainment attorneys. We want to really break down the law for you so you can understand how these are going to be looked at in the courts. And I'm going to throw it over to Max right now so you can give us sure a rundown thing. of so what we know so far on the case. So as simple as possible for our viewers and our listeners. So basically, the way, this, the way this started was that Rockefeller Records filed a lawsuit asking the court for two things. A temporary restraining order, which, as Peter mentioned in our last episode on this topic, is a 14-day order. It doesn't have any kind of long-lasting effect on whether or not the defendant can do something. So they asked for the temporary restraining order, and they also asked for a preliminary injunction. So these two things are very common in these types of cases where... The plaintiff needs to stop a potential copyright infringement from happening either before it happens or as soon as possible after they have discovered that it started. So generally speaking, as long as the plaintiff can show a likelihood of success, a temporary restraining order will almost always be granted. They don't have to introduce tons of evidence. They don't have to really persuade the judge because ultimately it's a short-term thing it allows the parties to start figuring out some of the underlying issues. And so in this case, the judge issued the temporary restraining order without much of an issue. Plaintiffs, Rockefeller Records, then followed up by reiterating to the judge, we also want this preliminary injunction. We want the defendant, Damon Dash, to be stopped from doing anything with this NFT or the copyright to reasonable doubt for the duration of this lawsuit. So <clears throat> Damon Dash replies and says, no, there shouldn't be an injunction. I never actually sold it. There's no harm to the plaintiff. There's not really a big deal here. He also then comes up with this clever, though flawed argument that somehow Rockefeller Records attorney has a conflict of interest because he also represents Jay-Z. I guess the theory is that because Damon Dash is technically still a shareholder of Rockefeller Records, that there's some kind of conflict of interest there. But the argument doesn't really appear to hold up. Um, it does not appear that the judge really gave it much credence. So that argument's kind of dead in the water. But what's interesting is that last week on June 22nd, the judge basically told Rockefeller Records that if Damon Dash files an opposition to your preliminary injunction request, then there's going to be a hearing where we're going to talk about it. If he doesn't file an opposition, then I'll grant the preliminary injunction. No problem. 
So of course, Damon Dash files the opposition. Um, I'm not sure the exact date that he filed it, but the court had tentatively set a date for the hearing on July 1st. So there has been a flurry of activity in this case in just the span of eight days or less of letters and motions being filed by both sides arguing that the hearing should happen or the hearing shouldn't happen or the preliminary injunction should be ordered or maybe it shouldn't be ordered. It's just been this sort of back and forth. Well, just on uh, June 29th, the judge entered a very short two-paragraph order that said, Damon Dash filed an opposition to the preliminary injunction. Therefore, we're going to have a hearing. And what's interesting is, for whatever reason, the judge is insistent that this hearing happen in person. So as of right now, there is no preliminary injunction ordered in this case yet, but we're filming today on June 30th. So tomorrow, July 1st, at the federal courthouse in Lower Manhattan, there will be an in-person hearing where Damon Dash, Jay-Z, and their respective attorneys will get up in front of this judge and argue that Damon Dash should be enjoined from doing anything with the reasonable doubt copyright or the NFT for the duration of this lawsuit. Okay, good. And um, bringing, thank you for that amazing rundown uh, of where we're at. Cause it, you know, this case is a little, a little complicated cause there seems to be a couple moving parts and, you know, even, even the judge um, said, or, or uh, Dash's attorneys were arguing damages or or the judge is saying well why not why not just get damages for this and the answer from jay-z's attorneys were this is an emerging world an emerging technology there's a lot of unknowns here so to actually think about what damages might be is completely impossible to do right now that's not going to be the proper remedy so in you know a little recap of what's going on damon dash didn't even show up for the first hearing however that's really not necessarily that uncommon for the client to not show up just to a hearing so i don't know if that's just sort of media hype right and assume is, his lawyers were yeah, there assume his lawyers so that's not a that's not a huge yeah so, yeah yeah but they're running with it in the story so uh in the news which is interesting to see how they're sort of being painted in the media but we do have to clarify here too because we were talking about this last episode but this copyright infringement uh isn't necessarily clear-cut copyright infringement case in fact they actually prevailed likelihood of success on the merits which means they really have to show the judge look you have to sort of put this in place and the temporary restraining order is good for 14 days we're going to succeed at trial and they brought what we had um said last time which were more like corporations law type uh claims so breach of fiduciary duty uh conversion and unjust enrichment so basically at the end of the day they were arguing that damon dash was acting independent in his own self-interest had a conflict of interest to rockefeller records and tried to sell a property interest of the corporation in an arbitrary way through a self-dealing effort with this platform so that's what they prevailed on the judge says you cannot do that we're going to hold off on that so now they're being granted um or if they do respond which they are responding now there'll be a, a hearing as to the preliminary injunction like we said temporary restraining orders stay for about 14 days preliminary injunctions if they're granted stayed likely till the end of the trial so we'll see what the outcome of the trial is that preliminary injunction will stay in place or in case uh the case will settle so really quickly here, because we are doing short episodes, and we want to throw this back to Winton really quick. Winton, a little development in this particular situation is that all over the news now, it's that Jay-Z has taken the reasonable doubt NFT and sold it on Sotheby's yes. platform. 
give us a little clarification as to why that may be accurate and why that may be a little very different accurate from what's and going very, on. It brings to light a lot of, of everything that's been happening in the news lately with Jay-Z, his suit against Dame Dash, and also his suit against Jonathan Mannion, the uh, famous legendary hip-hop photographer who he brought the suit against for selling former or photos of him on his site and all this other stuff. He, he uh, is suing him for that. Jonathan Mannion is responsible for the album art for Jay-Z's debut album, 1996 debut album that we're talking about, Reasonable Doubt. Are the pieces coming together for everyone? Mm-hmm. Okay, so recently... This whole thing is looking uh, like a setup now. Right, <laughs> right, right. It sounds like everybody was trying to get in before this. There. Everybody was trying to get in before yeah. this, uh, before this happened, and Jay-Z was like, Nah, already had this. Uh, already had this plan, and y'all are y'all are about to mess my plan up. So recently, Jay Z, uh, in conjunction with uh, the artist Derek Adams, just put out the titled piece "Heir to the Throne." It is a beautiful NFT piece of artwork. It's the Derek Adams reimagining of that famous 1996 album art. It's it's very cool. Please go to Sotheby's dot com to look at it. It's like the iconic black suit with the white scarf, the white tie, with the 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 hat with the white across, and the diamonds are, and the smoke is going. It's we it's a beautiful piece. If this. I had the money, I'd bid on it. Current, but it's yeah. in celebration. Go ahead. Current bid thirty five thousand dollars. Yes, current bid is thirty five thousand dollars. This was put cool out in piece, celebration bro. of. The 25th anniversary of Jay Z's 1996 debut album. Being that it's the 25th anniversary, it also brings to light why all of this stuff is happening with Dame Dash and Jonathan Mannion. Everybody's realizing that this is the 25th anniversary. Um, it's a beautiful piece. It's a one of one. Again, it's titled Heir to the Throne. It was produced by Jay Z and the artist Derek Adams. When they put it up, the starting bid was $1,000, and Max just is just put it out there that the current bid right now is $35,000 and that is with 46 current bids and less than two days the lot ago. closes yeah the lot closes on July 2nd at 9:01 a.m. central time central my time um so yeah again this this kind of brings to light and this piece of work means that they've been working on this for a while and that's why Jay-Z jumped oh, on yeah. Jonathan Mannion so quickly and jumped on Dame Dash like immediately because he was like, no, 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 no. I've been working on this for a while. I knew this was coming. And it also sounds like Dame Dash and Jonathan Mannion both had this in the back of their mind that, hey, the 25th, 25th anniversary is coming up. Let me capitalize on it as well right. with an NFT. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just like what the label probably would have done anyways for a 25-year anniversary, there would have been a whole marketing and media campaign around that. They put out a limited edition back in the day, double-disc CD, you know, when we had CD. They always did an extra vinyl something. This NFT world is just that. These are fan experiences that actually can increase in value over time. And as we see them sort of be sold on these platforms, it's really cool because these smart contracts that are actually dictating – how royalties are split up are really fascinating. So we'll stay on that. Uh, we also, wanted to I was just gonna say, also, yeah, you go can't ahead, tell Vincent. me that 
all of this drama with Jonathan Mannion and Dame Dash is not going to help drive the price of this NFT right. through the freaking roof. Well, what's very telling is that Jay-Z they know uh, what they're doing. announced that he was listing this NFT, what, two days after he received the TRO in the lawsuit against right. Dame and Dash? And yeah. like, you don't just have that ready if you weren't already working yeah, on that. exactly. Right, exactly. But he also knew that he couldn't go out there and list that NFT right. if Damon Dash also had this competing NFT because it would cause all kinds of confusion and potentially drive down the value of both and just to create a mess. So I wonder if this will come up, that well, this NFT will come up if this does go further with Dame Dash, that he's diluting brand and if they'll use this NFT against Dame Dash in their argument in some way. Or possibly Dame Dash uses it against Jay-Z. I mean, if we're going back, we're, we're talking about a copyright, that photo, be, that could possibly be owned in some capacity by Rockefeller Records. So how is what Jay-Z did any different from what Damon Dash did if he didn't get Damon Dash's permission to sell the NFT of Reasonable Doubt? Unless that's fully his. Well, May. so Jay-Z, Damon Dash are two it. out of three shareholders in the company. So if he has company vote and approve then it's an authorized thing but when damon dash goes out on his own without consulting his shareholders and without getting the approval of the corporation who is the actual entity that owns the property that's where it becomes conversion and a breach of fiduciary duty mm -hmm. but if he got the vote exactly. got the approvals then is, there's um, no harm really no foul no harm no foul right and i think we'll see some visibility into that as court court oh, documents yeah. are filed we don't know how the corporation was really structured like we talked about last time we don't know what kind of voting rights what kind of you know things were required meeting minutes all of that stuff but this is a good one we're going to stay on this we want to start updating our uh followers with shorter videos so that we can sort of do a rundown of procedural history on the cases and then just do a breakdown of what's happening in the advancements of those cases so please uh stay tuned we'll follow this we're also going to be on the Taylor Swift Masters Scooter Braun issue as well. So tuned in for that. And we'll see you next time on Law on the Limelight. One of our rules is telling you about the other rules. First thing you should know is nothing we say here is legal advice. And you shouldn't take it as legal advice. We'll be giving our personal thoughts and opinions on various entertainment industry issues and we hope that it's informative and maybe even educational for you. But if you have a specific legal issue, then I recommend you contact an attorney directly and set up a consultation where they can give you legal advice. And the second thing you should know, even though we all work for the same firm, it doesn't mean that we all speak on behalf of our whole firm. The views and opinions expressed are solely our own. Final words of warning, depends on what state you're in. While you're watching or listening, be aware that Law on the Limelight may be considered attorney advertising. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed listening. So without further ado, please enjoy, please enjoy Law in the Limelight. Law in the Limelight, please enjoy.